Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold, hold tight. take seriously however is how much we love the game and how dedicated we are to it which is why we have no off-season we have no pre-season we have a 52-week season of bringing you podcasts every single week from the rugby dungeon i am tim jb is over there hello timothy phil is right there hello tim uh, do you know what? actually there's another theme tune i think I'm, i want to sort of just throw into the mix here to as we, as we start this podcast do you recognize this no do you recognise it at all? I've got a couple of years on you guys. No. What is this? Bergerac. Ah, <laughs> I do have a Bergerac, yeah. The Jersey-based detective. <laughs> Quite right. I bet, I bet he is overrun at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got lots to talk about, including Sipper's latest skirmish. Um, <sighs> and well, we've got Rugby Championship. We've got uh, Exeter and Saracens, the final one of our little look ahead to the Gallagher Premiership sides ahead of the new season and uh, some other rugby stories that are going on. Um, should we start with Sippers? It's the biggest news. Let's get this straight week. into it's Sippers. It's not even big news, you know. It is and it isn't. <laughs> it is and it isn't. It's something and nothing, isn't it? Well, it was the biggest headlines. It's oh, definitely been no biggest, doubt there. It's definitely been the biggest headlines this week. It was. It was front page of. English papers news yeah. on the day Which, that uh, Aretha Franklin died. I think was it? Was it? Was it? Was there the one after. that was like Cipriani was the was the, well, the was like seventy five percent of the front page. Aretha Franklin was kind well, of a little strip footnote. One, footnote. What, what was it? International Diva Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's it's a shame because he has immaculate timing when playing rugby, just horrible timing when it comes to real life. Um, that's mm. probably the difference. And I tell you what didn't help that week is Ben Stokes. 
So Ben Stokes gets off with whatever he gets off with. That's completely unrelated. But the media, there's a feed, feeding frenzy in the media. Like, they need a replacement story. And all of a sudden, you know, Golden Wrists gets himself in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there you go. It's, it is what it is. So it was at the Little Drift or some, the, the nightclub it ended up. So they had a behind closed doors training session with Jersey. Bit of a team bonding few days away, which Johan Ackerman's very big on. Mm. He, he was very disappointed. Was it last season when they couldn't have a bit of a knees up? And when he was talked about this trip, he was like, you got the impression from Johan Ackerman, it's like actually the the bonds that tie you together through a season are forged in, in the bar. Yeah, completely right. Or do you reckon, on the other hand, he might just have a really demanding wife and like he just wants to get out any, <laughs> any way he can? Because that's the sort of thing that I would do. I, I would set up an event. So <laughs> the, facts, the facts are Danny Cipriani pleaded guilty to common assault and to resisting arrest. That's correct, yeah. When he, outside of a, outside of a, a nightclub, he took exception to being filmed by the bouncer. It, it, it led to believe who had a, ca- a, t- a camera on his tie. Cipriani pulled the tie, for which he apologised. That led to the police getting involved. He then pulled his arm away whilst being cuffed, grabbed the shirt of a, of a police officer who happened to be a female police officer, but that is an irrelevant part of the story for me. Yep, completely agreed. Um, and and that was that. The magistrate said it was a minor offence and yep. a, f- a fine is more than sufficient. So he received £2,000 fine for the incident yep. and a further £250 compensation to the female police officer. Two It's easy money, isn't it? It's easy money. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, goodness now, me. <sighs> One of the th- one of the, the the aspects here is that I think it might have been seen as a lesser of two evils. I'm just speculating here, but to get it dealt with, get it out of the way, plead guilty, yeah, exactly. and move get on, it. draw a line under it, rather than contest it, possibly thinking, you know, as as Ben Stokes did with his much more serious yeah, no, I charges. No, no, no. Much if, more if ben, serious. If Ben Stokes could pay 20 or 30 grand to get out of that little pickle that he was in, he would have paid it because I, you know. well, no, but, but he would have had to have pleaded guilty then. But oh, that, 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 yeah. that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I, if so, if I was in the situation of either of those two boys and I had just the option saying, "Yeah, hands up, did it. Here, here's some cash. Let's all let's all play on." Yeah, that's the, what I would do. The difference here is if Ben Stokes pleads guilty, then he he goes to jail. He's doing some jail time. <laughs> Dare I <Yeah>. say? <laughs> What you were saying is, in other words, is let the boys pay. Let the boys pay. <laughs> like, you've got the money. Pay the money. Get it done with. He, you know, it's not like he's scrounging around on minimum wage. Just pay the money and get back to work and just have no more about this. Mm. But it is interesting because Danny Cipriani divides opinion. A lot of people think he's a bit of an idiot and this, that and the other. And actually, he's worked incredibly hard on the field and off the field to get back to where he is. And this isn't just an accident that he's back in the England squad. It's, it's like the accumulation of what, nearly 10 years hard work since he's been back back in the UK playing really, really good rugby. Uh, and it's just... I, I love the story about, you know, the redemption and how he's back there now. And that's the disappointing bit for me, which is now he's going to be associated with this again. And he's far, far be- better than that, both on the field and, and off the field. Well, he does... Ha- so he, he has got some previous off the field. Yeah, yeah, In, yeah. in particular. But... We kind of th- we'd all been working on the principle that since he'd come back to the UK after his stint in Australia, since Steve Diamond took him under the wing, under his wing, mm-hmm. and since his period in Wasps, uh, that he'd corrected most of those off-season. Well, well it issues. was twenty sixteen. Well, it was twenty sixteen when he was. Uh, 
There's some convicted drink, of drink driving, drink driving. banned for no, 18 no, months. Was he convicted? Yeah, was it, got, got, an, he got a ban for 18 months. Did that not just go away? No, he, he, he was banned from driving for 18 I months. Felt, I thought it went away because no. it's World Cup time, wasn't it? No, it was the year after. Was it not the year after? I'm sure, when he crushed his Mercedes. He, uh, he, th- there, was a, there, was a, there was a scuffle with Mike Katt on the England training field before the World Cup, which the England, like co- which the England, co- wrong, which the the England coaches <laughs> said had nothing to do with him not being selected. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, that's squad. how it works. Well, but, that's, yeah. but anyway, that's what they said. But no, it was, right. tw- it was 2016. It may have been 2015 when the incident happened or 2016 when the incident happened. Anyway, do you know it doesn't matter. He, he, ha- he has had previous with the, the law. But do you know what? With this, I actually think, whether it's Danny Cipriani or Johnny Wilkinson, whatever, it's completely irrelevant. The fact is... What, what? Where do we want to go with this? If, if this a, costs he's a, a guy, model. he's a role model, Tim. Well, this is, this <laughs> is kind kids? of the point. Manu Tuolangi didn't he? Uh, was didn't he plead guilty to very similar charges, or even work might have been even actually worse charges? Similar, I think it is. But yeah, it was. It yeah, it was similar. Yeah, here's the um, here's my solution to the whole. He's a role model thing, right? If you are a young kid and you're looking for a role model to be a fly half. Look at Dan- look at Danny Cipriani because he's an amazing, amazing player. Just look how how hard he works you know, uh, on on the field. His range of passing, his dedication to his craft, yada yada yada. If you could not distinguish between Danny Cipriani after a few beers and Danny Cipriani, the amazing fly half, and feel that you need to not only to replicate his range of passing but also <laughs> you know his once every ten year behavior. Mm. Um, once, every may- year. Yeah, once every two years. Yeah, once every two years. Three years. Debate. It's definitely yearly, right? Um, then you probably need more than just a role model. So I, I, I can't buy that argument one bit. And also, I've got lots of role models. For instance, you know, my mum's a role model to me. You know, she's um, incredibly nice and uh, incredibly kind. But in no way do I use it as a, as a role model when I'm approaching a ruck. So I, I can comfortably <laughs> separate what different people do in different role, uh, uh, role model modes. And I'll go into this. If... Uh... I'm a parent. We're, you know, JB's a parent now. That mm-hmm. might be something Phil thinks about in the future with Claire. Um, but I don't ever, I don't ever think of abdicating any of my responsibility for instilling values and virtues <laughs> into my children. <laughs> to Danny Cipriani. To Danny Cipriani. <laughs> or anyone for that matter. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, very, very, yeah. very, very true. Yeah, and can I just put another thing out, right? Which I was thinking about this all, all the time particularly with regards to young men's sports. Like, the guys that play sport are usually the sort of guys who would climb up scaffolding or might scuffle with police officers or, in another world, might have to you know, storm a machine gun nest. You know, young men are inherently impulsive and stupid. In fact, I'm amazed it doesn't happen more often. <laughs> it's a fair point, actually. Well, uh, do, do, I don't think it happens... I think it probably happens less because nights out like this happen much less but can you imagine if you were comparing this incident to what is in the library's worth of autobiographies of of, of, of role model rugby players of the past yeah Yeah. exactly right there's a really disingenuous article in the times this week from a guy called stephen brown i want to say his name was it was just garbage actually so the headline was um uh, cipriani who's used to getting his own way does something right but it really, really stuck in my throat. And Cipriani used to getting his own. What does that even mean? Is that even a bad thing? I mean, do we say um, GP used to getting their own way? Because generally, when they speak, people do do as they say. It's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> he does get his own way all the time because he's more than often right about 
know, basically most things that he does, particularly in in regards in regards to rugby. Then it goes down. It's sort of like a hit piece, which is dressed up as journalism. And at the very end, it says it shows three examples of rugby players doing bad things compared to footballers doing good things. So, like, I don't know, there's one footballer with a cancer-ridden child compared to one rugby player who had done something else. And, like, it just goes on and on and on. Oh, and is it a part of a drinking culture of oh, rugby? Oh, that's, that's what I love, the drinking culture. The drinking culture, I mean, this is pure Wales online territory now with social <laughs> amplification <laughs> and, and all the rest of it. But if drinking culture didn't work, why is it that the armed forces insist on you all going for a beer together? Why is it that big organisations, maybe like yours, Phil require you to go for a few drinks every now and again most weeknights as yeah i mean that it is a drinking culture because there's drink culture everywhere because it works it's like a social a social cohesive to be fair to to be fair to the times david walsh in the sunday times today the headline i won't read any more because i think this sums it up his headline is danny cipriani's nightclub skirmish was the smallest storm in the smallest teacup yep but unfortunately literally the only thing happening in Jersey. Oh, actually, except for well, the Harlequins yeah, guy falling it wasn't, out of the... It wasn't quite the only thing yeah, that happened. Yeah. yeah, because there's more Jersey-based news. There is. Um, which, uh, which is worth a brief mention. Well, a guy from Harlequins fell out of a window. Yeah. I don't know, first floor or second one floor, the, but... Uh, physio staff, I think. I'm... Well, nobody knows. So okay. remember staff. Anyway, they're stable, and hopefully they'll make a full recovery, and, you know, best wishes to them. Absolutely, But, yeah. you know, what... What goes on goes on in Jersey stays in Jersey. Or does not stay in Jersey and is splashed all on the front pages of yeah. tabloids. Or it stays in Jersey either in a jail cell or in a hospital <laughs> bed. You know. I, I hope it has uh, no effect on his his England future, but the RFU have said they're opening up disciplinary well, yeah, proceedings. Why are these we don't know what that means. So that that is the most disappointing thing. I'm disappointed with Danny Cipriani. It's stupid, especially with his reputation, and I, I thought he would be a bit better than that. But... I, I was astonished to hear that the RFU were opening up disciplinary proceedings, primarily because Danny Cipriani is not contracted to the RFU. And yeah, so this raised a, a, a massive question to me as to or, or what power have they got to do that? And Didn't the RFU rule on Luke Arscott in the sale thing? Well, so so. The document that they're doing it under, the RFU rules, uh, it does talk about uh, any cheating or kind of anti-betting yeah. stuff. But, so the RFU rules, I've got it in front of me now. Of course you have. Of course. Rules of the RFU, Rugby Football Union. Most of this is about growing the game mm-hmm. and um, dealing with the makeup and any issues or actions for the board of the RFU and the financial obligations of the RFU and kind of nested within there is this catch-all provision alongside raising funds dealing with pensions and all the rest of it (laughs) there is this (laughs) catch-all obligation that says the union shall have any power to discipline any member which Danny Cipriani is not yep uh Rugby body, which he's not. Mm-hmm. Non-voting member of the union, which he's not. Uh, and then it goes on to say, any player, official, member, or employee of a member or a rugby union, for any infringement of these rules, which he hasn't done, the RFU regulations, which he hasn't done, the laws of the game, 
which he hasn't done, the World Rugby Regulations, which he hasn't done, and for any conduct which is pre- prejudici- uh, prejudicial to the interests of the union or the game or which amounts to cheating. So it's prejudicial. This, this this is like <sighs> hidden well, alongside dealing with pensions. There is this catch-all. But interestingly, there is no precedence for this being used for off-field. To me, it sounds like good news. Didn't, they, didn't they do it with the... No, 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 I think you're wrong there. They did it with Manu Tulangi and the ferry. Mm. But, but at but the no, time, he, he was in England. He was on England duty. Is this not, not, not good news? I, I would assume it's good news because they've obviously patched up all of the financial difficulties on on their stand. <laughs> you know, obviously all the community coaches are you know back in full employment and all the redundancies have been unwound because they must have got over all of their other problems to go finally to Danny Cipriani. So I, I assume I assume this is great news for English rugby. I think it's actually because he's pleaded guilty uh, and I think he did that to uh, as a prag. Well, again, I'm speculating, but a pragmatic decision because he might have wanted to have cleared himself of the charges but realized that that could have that could mean he's ends up in court during the autumn internationals yeah. for example do you know um whose conduct i've loved during this is well, it's steve it is steve vaughan ceo of gloucester and what i love about this is it's this kind of okay he's one of ours we're gonna look at it in the cold light of day uh, and then we're gonna release a statement and then we, then we're gonna stick, stick together i think that's such a refreshing you know it's what they did with Johan Ackerman last year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I'd love it if I was a fan. I'd love it if I was a player. It, you know, there's nothing worse than cowardly behaviour of people at the top who say that they've got that, 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 that they've got, got your back or they pay your salary or what have you, and they throw you under the bus at the first sign of pressure. Steve, Steve Vaughan has done remarkably well here. Mm. I think that's a really, really good, good sign for Gloucester. We'll see how it plays out, but there yeah. we go. Well, not, well, well, not, well. not the start to his Gloucester career that Danny Cipriani wanted. You, you missed one. We haven't discussed one particular thing. Um, what do you think about the golden handcuffs? <laughs> the golden, <laughs> golden wrists. wrists. Gold, the golden wrists. So, yeah, uh, whilst being handcuffed, he said... Careful, uh, he said. Those wrists are golden. Loosen the cuffs. Brilliant. Uh, I know. <laughs> if if he said that, he should get. He's another... an idiot. If he said that, he's an idiot because he's done sold himself. <laughs> he's. I, I mean, they're far more valuable than simple gold. <laughs> he should have another twenty thousand pound fine if he said that. No, they should give him twenty thousand because he's got golden wrists. He can demand whatever you know, what, what, whatever he wants. But it did make me think of the uh, the scene off the fighter. You've seen that where. They hammer, his, they hammer his hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tight, tighten them up. Teach him a lesson. Yeah, God. So, anyway, that's a, that's a fun start. Sippers! Well, I mean, it'll be inter- interesting to see what happens as well with another England player who's on the fringes and wants to force themselves into a, a World Cup score because Chris Ashton uh, p- gave a left hook to a cast player in a, yeah. a friendly over the weekend. 100% deserved it. Which could get him, I mean, a punch to the head... Minimum sanction, I think, is four weeks. But isn't this like a pinch of the head during training? No, uh, it's a pre-season, preseason game. game Roman with... Poit was the uh, referee. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think Full it's a referee. Yeah, no, but... no, no. Pre-season games are not are they? exempt. They're exactly the same. Are you sure so, about that? Yeah, Roman Poit's gonna is gonna put a. Hang on, are you absolutely sure about that? Yes, because it's likely that he will. He could get a four week ban if if Roman Poit processes a. Um, a report, yeah, citing report. Good then, God. then four weeks, which would mean he misses the first three weeks of the Premiership, which is the only three games before Eddie Jones names his England squad for the Autumn Internationals. <laughs> which, right, so, which might actually be better for you because it might mean he's not in Eddie Jones's squad. Me, I don't care. <laughs> um, so, let me just work this out. In a friendly, right, 
you can play basically as many subs as you want. Yeah. You can divide it into four quarters. Um, and yet he can get banned for it. I mean, this strike... For well, punching someone in the face. Yeah, but like, I'm with, sure people punch f- each other in the face up and down training sessions all over the land. They don't but, get banned for it. But they don't have full uh, referees and assistant referees. But I mean, what if you just had opposed a, a a scrimmaging with a referee that shows up? But that's a different situation. It, if it's, 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 not, it's, not a game, it's not a game on report. So, so a referee, is, when he referees a game, needs to submit a post-match report. Is it because it's open to the public, or I mean, what? what? I, so I, I don't know the reasons because you behind could it. Easily I have like a match in Carrington, or a match you in do. you know Oval Park. And well, there are there have been behind closed doors games that have been organised between teams. And if there's a dust up. There's a dust up. Yeah, but that's that's so that's, yeah maybe I, so maybe it is maybe the, it's the open doors. The thing, open the doors. Fact that there's, a, there's a crowd there. Oh, and kids! Don't forget kids. Um, yeah, maybe I said, or maybe if it hadn't been all over over Twitter, maybe um, no one would have mentioned it. Well, do we know yet if the report on the sighting has actually no, taken place? No, we don't know that. It's if if he processes it, 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 the minimum is likely to be four weeks. That means he won't play before the autumn international squad is announced. So that will be another interesting one <laughs> uh, for Eddie Jones. Oh dear! Downfall um, twenty eighteen, eh? And he was wearing fifteen. And yeah. Denny Solomon was wearing 13. Yeah, because 13. AJ's injured. So AJ in, AJ's oh, injury means Sam James. Sam James went to... Yeah, and then James O'Connor's not back. And I'm not even too sure when he will be back, to be fair. Yeah. Well, I've seen some videos of him on Instagram. Where is Do, he? Doing some very odd things. Yeah, he's doing animal movements at the moment. That's, that's his new thing. So um, He's up, up in... It looks like Scotland. You're talking like... Like bear crawl, what, what yeah, do you know? doing like Conor McGregor movement stuff. Oh, okay. He's doing all that at the moment, so yeah. He doesn't look in great nick. There's some pictures of him what? running topless on a beach. I've not seen him topless, I will say that. <sighs> but I did see him a few weeks ago at the sale barbecue thing, and he looks a lot bigger. He, I've not seen he looked big yeah. with his top off. Now, not I, not in a good way. Oh, really? Well, when I Ooh. saw him at the sale, it looked like he put on a lot of weight. I, I assumed bulk, like good bulk. But I've not seen him with his top off. But he looked substantially bigger. I love the fact that only on this podcast will you get people talking about topless people on Instagram, and <laughs> <laughs> it's James O'Connor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he takes his um, just a little inside here. He takes his stretching and movement stuff. And, uh, all, I, I'm not sure if he takes it quite as far as yoga, but he does an awful lot of that stuff all the time. Hot yoga is a properly tough workout. Yeah. I've done it a couple yeah. of times. I don't it see is, why I'd want to do I was it. But I've heard that. Absolutely dripping when I did it. Yeah, horrific. I've done it as well. Have you? Yeah. No thanks. I've always had uh, kind of problems with mm. uh, flexibility. So yes. Yes, you have actually. Got to, hamstrings. Supposed to help with that. Yeah. So, yeah. If he, if he was back, I assume he'd be playing ten. But if not, Sam James is. I mean, then then he goes to thirteen. Not well, great. Well, an, squad depth. an issue on depth. Yeah. Um. So let's go to James O'Connor's countrymen and the yeah. rugby championship. Down under, no, it seems hilarious. Well, it seems like he, uh, Steve Hansen was just trolling Australia when a week ago he I said Australia wa- were favourites yeah. for Bledisloe One. I actually thought I was watching it on record from last time that they played. I mean, it was it was eerily similar. Uh, Australia looked very good. All Blacks scored before the half, scored after the half, and that was it. Really, well, it's it's eerily similar to so many New Zealand games where teams manage to live with them for forty minutes only, and then yeah. they blast them away in the second half. Yeah. It, what struck me, right? And tell me if you think I'm completely insane here. But I actually think the Australians match the All Blacks man for man. Certainly in terms of athletic ability. I mean, there's obviously some mismatches. Like, you definitely have um, 
you definitely pick uh, Barrett over um, what's his name Foley, Foley, right? Foley. But generally speaking, man for man, there isn't a, a ton in it. But just New Zealand as a team is just so much superior. I was looking at like Corobetti versus uh, Naholo. Naholo. You look at someone like um, Beal. Who is you know almost certainly always better than his opposite man? Well, scrum and line out, but they, they were both losing line outs. Like um, uh, yeah, they, Australia they did, were getting pumped. Yeah, but, but yeah, they did both lose line outs. Australia, I think eight line outs. I've seen I've seen six, seven, and eight. I've not counted them personally. I have. Um, I I seem to remember because I was watching line outs very very closely. Uh, All Blacks lost two back to back. Uh, two back to back. Set piece. Australia got pumped. Mm. Yeah, but I, again, right. So I was I was watching this. And I do not understand, this is a little bit geeky scrum- scrimmagey, right? I do not un- understand how they penalise the Australian guy when he is on his feet and the prop opposite him, I think it was Franks, has gone long-legged and is lying on his stomach. That to me is a penalty well, the usually, other way. Usually, all day, all usually that's when you, if, if the prop hinges at the waist and their shoulders dip, that takes... that take- Or that guy's gone long-legged and then... Yeah, fell down. He's overstretched and lost yeah. his balance. So yeah, you mean but, you, you can hinge at the hips to, to draw the penalty, but that's why you hinge at the hips to draw the penalty because it looks like the other guys collapse them rather than you've collapsed. Mm. I was just surprised that they did that over and over again. But uh, Brody Ritalik is a ridiculous spe- specimen. He um, is. I didn't realize playing, playing that game, throwing a dummy as well, just to show he's got, got it all. Uh, and Whitelock on his uh, on his hundredth cap, which is amazing. Hundredth cap. I couldn't, re- couldn't believe he'd been around for so long. Yeah, twenty nine. I think yeah. he is. I saw somewhere that something that said, I think it's from World Rugby, he's the first graduate of the under twenties World Cup uh who's to have achieved a hundred caps. Wow. Pretty impressive. It's amazing, isn't it, how they keep that squad together. Yeah. And and, and they- yet every year there's a handful of names you've never heard of. Yeah. Or, and for the average rugby fan, who knew Jack Goodhue? Nope. Yeah. He's um Highlanders, is that right? Uh no, Crusaders. Crusaders. Oh, so him, so him I and, actually don't know. There you go. So him and Crotty were uh, de- certainly defensively the best de- uh-huh. um, centre partnership in the league. Yeah, and, he, that, and that that was a blow for um, for the All Blacks losing Crotty after ten, twelve minutes. I think he's brilliant. I think he's absolutely he is brilliant. brilliant. And you could see it took them a little bit of time to kind of get back in their their rhythm when. Linnet Brown you got this, yeah, came you got, back on. Yeah, Linnet Brown, um, but then he, so he wasn't starting. Lau Mappy, and you got these, you got these, yeah. uh, Sunny Bill Williams, and then you got this twenty-three-year-old guy that hard people hardly know, Jack Goodhue, and he comes in and he looks made for Test rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 frightening the talent, and and, and also I, the 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 discussions that people were having in the last couple of weeks about who should start ten for New Zealand look ridiculous as well now. Uh, they do look ridiculous until you see the other ten play, <laughs> and then you think, "Oh, hang on a minute, maybe these these aren't ridiculous discussions." Well, they've just got options, haven't they? Yeah, so they, they were they were all exceptional. The the two I would so you mentioned Whitelock, who sorry, you mentioned Metallic and Whitelock, mm. who were both brilliant. The two I would mention, particularly in that second half, would be Smith and Naholo, mm. who Smith. I I keep thinking, so he is getting on a little bit now. Thirty one, Mike Brown with skills thirty two. I keep thinking maybe he's gonna maybe this will be the season where he starts to f- drop off, and he's just brilliant. He, so his stats was uh, ninety-two meters made, uh, which was the third most in the game, and five defenders beaten, which was beaten by Jack Good. Could you who scored that um, long-range try? But he made one hundred twenty-six meters and six defenders beaten, which was smashed by Naholo, 
who made the same 126 meters, but 13 defenders beaten. Jeez, is just unreal. Good, he was top tackler as well, wasn't he? Was he? I think so. Fair play. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Sam ominous. Who's more boring, All Blacks or Leinster? Uh, Leinster, who got hammered by Newcastle, Newcastle in pre-season, albeit yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was a Pro 14 Leinster side. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> oh, Heine, it wasn't it? a Heineken Cup Leinster side. <laughs> Pro 14 against Treviso. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, Treviso who hammered Leicester Tigers. <laughs> Did they? Took him to school. Took him to the cleaners. Dean Bud and the boys. What was the score? Uh, Twenty six, sixteen, or something, something like that. <laughs> something like that. But yeah, a real, win. a real pasting. Yeah. By the boys in green <laughs> to the boys in green. And then it was two comeback victories, wasn't it? Tell you what, nobody, oh, the... nobody takes um, banter worse than Leicester Tigers fans. <laughs> no one. They're so, and it's what makes them special too, because they actually do care. But uh, yeah, they, they get very, very, they get very uh, annoyed when you point out that well, you, you my said... boys from Treviso battered them <laughs> mercilessly. I, I do love going to Leicester because yeah. it's a great place. It's full of fans who want to watch rugby. Oh, they really do. Yeah, yeah. They know their stuff. And uh, I think Ulster, I think the uh, Champions Cup. Yes. It so was. I think Ulster are going there. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, you mentioned, so it was two uh, victories from behind because South Africa were losing. It was two tries all, but they were losing at half time against uh, a resurgent Argentina. And it was only a bit of magic from Faf de Klerk, a couple of bits of magic mm. from Faf de Klerk. So uh, Faf is ace. We all know this. Um However, do you know who I thought was instrumental in this? Well, the two, the two players I thought, actually no, the two guys that stood stood out. Not instrumental because wingers never are, but Diante um, and and, yeah. and and Pimpy, my Pimpy. Oh my word, that's so exciting! And I was sort of thinking about about this in context of the other game which happened about Naholo and Corribetti, which I there's sort of a bit of a um, a bit of a trend now towards big that. Big, dynamic, yet direct wingers. Mind you, that's not really fair on the holo. He can do that and everything else. Yeah. But th- these two lads, are th- they're like traditional wingers. They, they're they just so electric. They're so quick. They're... Yeah. It's, it change, it's speed and change of direction. Yeah. Uh, that they and they're always got. trying things. That, that's the other thing. They're always trying to do something a little bit quirky, whether it be a chip over the top from... The opposition five meter line, or whatever it is, it sounds silly because they they lost and they lost comfortably in the end. In the end, yeah. But it was I was relatively encouraged by Argentina. Bearing in mind how poor they have been, yeah, yeah, they put in a decent away. They put in a decent mm. performance, and mm. it, it was if it wasn't for well, it was the last try, yeah. the faff try, which was ten minutes from the end. If it wasn't for that, then it would have been a very respectable scoreline. Um, and they were leading at half time. Do we and think they were, they were good, very good at the set piece as they always are? But Nicolas Sanchez controlling the game. Um, yeah, they, they're forwards giving the back the platform and the backs making the right decisions. But eventually, they've not quite got the, the squad depth. Yeah. Why? Um, why do South Africans not like rugby anymore? Does anyone know? You talking to the turnout of the stadium? Pathetic. Yeah. Like actually pathetic. I mean, you would have thought. I'm pretty sure at some t- at some point the Millennium Stadium wasn't selling out. In fact, I say at some point quite quite often, but they just lowered the ticket prices. And so, I mean, it's more important to get a full stadium to me than it is to have those optics for the rest of the country to see, for the rest of the world to see. Quite frankly, 
South Africa's meant to be a major rugby power. Why they can't fill out their stadiums? It's a disgrace. Then if, if you... So it should work in a cycle where if you lower the prices and then you get full start getting full stadiums and you start getting these incredible atmospheres, yeah. then more people want to go. So then you can start raising the prices again. And winning. And winning does help, which South Africa are doing at the moment. Do you think it's just because it was Argentina? We'll, we'll, we'll see on, their, on yeah. their other home games. That probably... It probably does contribute. Uh, and it's a big... They're in Durban, weren't they? Yeah. It's, it is a big stadium. Yeah, but, but it's still a national sport, right? Yeah. It's still you're, you're right. what I'm, they pride themselves on. They've got more professional rugby players than, any, than anyone else, I think. The Principality got... Stadium is a big stadium. <sighs> yeah, so that, 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 was, that was disappointing. When do they have the All Blacks? It's not next week, is it? No, it's the reverse fixtures next week, I think. So they might not see the All Blacks for a couple of weeks yet. A couple yet. of weeks, yeah. Because I think, as good as South Africa are, they... Um, they're nowhere near a finished article. I mean, they're, they're very, very raw. Yeah. I'd just like to see them get a few more games underneath, underneath their belt. They're three from four at the moment. And they're still going to get hammered by the All Blacks. A, a, a very important question yeah. regarding South Africa, Australia, all these other, all other sides in, in respect to fantasy rugby draft is <laughs> oh, how, yeah. how many games do they miss of the Premiership season? Like, are they being, are they being, is, is guys like Vili LaRue going to be back for Wasps? No. I think Vili LaRue. And like Tamua, well, Tamua is supposed to be flying back on rest weeks. Yes, that's correct. He but is. Villa Larue, I think, is missing pretty much all of it. Brutal, okay. that it, isn't it? Oh, flying back on rest there weeks. There again, is I mean, brutal. People say it's traveling take, takes it out of you. I don't think it does at all. Oh, I, I think a twenty-hour flight massively yeah, takes but, it out. Like, of you've got all sorts of box sets to enjoy. I mean, <laughs> he's not going by Ryanair, is he? <laughs> True. Part of it is like. The, the air, the cabin pressure, that kind of thing. I love flying. Part, part of it's getting disrupted sleep. Like, the longer the period I'm in the air, the better, really. And <laughs> you just read and you can watch box sets and all's going to bother you. Your phone doesn't go off. And that's why you're not a pilot. And that's why I'm not a pilot, yeah. But no, I, in fact, if anything, for professional rugby players, you used to being flogged every day. Maybe, maybe that's a, you know, not a terrible thing. Yeah, the altitude and, and being still for... Uh, for yeah. that length of time. I wonder if that drops. Good. I wonder if that's going to drop Vili Leroux into the second round of our draft, though. Ooh. Yeah, because he was very good last year. Yeah. Interesting. I think, I think See he what will. also draft does for me. What's draft day? For, what's draft day for us now? Is it a week on Tuesday? Is it coming up that soon? Twenty uh, eighth, twenty ninth. Yeah. <gasps> Tuesday. Twenty eighth or the twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. I've got it in my head. All right, I need to do some work. I need to get my get the draft board. I need to get my draft board up. Um, Right, so that's rugby championship. It's the reverse fixtures, as you say. So it's not going to get well. I wonder if this is the one Argentina need to really target. This or Australia at home are the yeah. the two that they will be targeting. I, I I think I'd be surprised. Well, no, I would not be surprised if Argentina get at least one win. I yeah. phrase it like that. It's as kind of a non-committal as I can be with, yeah. with some positive yeah. uh, got, reinforcement yeah. for Argentina. I got yeah. I think I think South Africa need to win this um, because they need to build in order if they're going to beat England first game of the autumn. They need <laughs> they need results away, and that's all you're focused on, isn't it? That's exactly what exactly what I'm focused on. <laughs> so they need results away. I think they'll beat Australia at home. They'll yep. be three wins. They'll lose both their New Zealand games, and they'll probably lose to Australia away. Hmm. If they're playing Australia away late in the tournament I, in my head South Africa have probably got slightly better squad depth than Australia 
Oh, just a quick word for for even Etzebeth too. Some of his, well, one of his carries in particular was magnificent. That was it, first game in nine months, or yeah. first game in eight months. It, it reminded me of Lord of the Rings when they're trying to bring down the tree man. <laughs> 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 Something we forgot to mention earlier on, but there's there's a few stories. So let's just let's get, let's just rattle through a couple of quick stories from the rugby week. One of them, we made jokes about Paul Gustard. Oh my word! And Harlequins. We made jokes about all defence coaches. Yes, we did. But actually, keep, keep what, we, what we realised actually is Paul Gustard is just the caricature of the generic defence coach that, that we make fun of. Life imitating art as we heard the news <laughs> that Paul Gustard has brought in a model bear into the Harlequins dressing room to help uh, turn around their dismal defensive record. I simply now, could not now, believe this when I read it. Now, is this a bear as in, like, an animal the bear? Or are we talking about, like, a husky, husky like game? a seven-foot, eight-foot bear? Six-foot-two six was, was two. the listed size. Of a, a six-foot-two... A Chris Robshaw-sized bear. Husky game man. <laughs> <laughs> because they can be quite defensive at from times. bristolbears.com <laughs> from bristolbears.com <laughs> or, or maybe yeah maybe that's exactly what it is it's a life-size sta- a life-size mannequin of a Ian Madigan like an Ian Madigan <laughs> more uh, Stephen Luatua Lua yeah yeah uh, because they, he wants to instill much as he did with the wolf pack yeah. mentality in Saracens bringing live wolves in Bringing live wolves in and instilling this whole brand of the wolf pack—it's the—it's the bear. We're going to be like a bear. Well, what, what's the what's the relationship between bears and rugby defence? Well, I get mm. the wolf pack thing because you're all working together to bring down an antelope or whatever they're after, right? But a bear. What are we doing? Stealing from each other and burying berries, or you know, <laughs> are we catch, eating as much as we can? Catch things as they jump past us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not bad. But bears for lion outs aren't too bad and scrummaging. But then, do they go to sleep o- like, like over the winter months? Because if they do, <laughs> that's a perfect animal well, for that. For the it's harlequins. a, it's that a that great, harlequins. great analogy for Harlequin's pack for the yep. past few seasons. Exactly. Maybe that's his, the point he they're, was trying to make. The hibernating. Yeah, uh, it's, it's 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 wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see how they go. They don't have the best defensive record in the Premiership next this year. And then, how? What would be acceptable? Because I think Gaston thinks they will genuinely have the best defensive record in the league. So that, that is what he will be aim, aiming for. No, that's what he said. Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't say that at all. He said, we will have one hell of a defence. He he will be targeting, in terms of both points conceded and tackle completion, he'll be targeting top two or three. Hmm. Yeah, you'd hope so. And also... Line they, speed. Like, well, line speed is, of course, essential. Apparently, tackle completion is not uh, doesn't, essential anymore. It doesn't always um, correlate with points conceded. It's, it's gain line. It's, it's, it's all it's about gain, gain line. line. No, no, it's... Uh, well, line speed, gain line. Uh, what's the other one that there? Collision, um, win the collision. No, no, no. The new trendy one, which is like something like positive outcome or something like that. Or okay. You know, so, like, you can miss all your tackles, but as long as there's a positive outcome, you're okay. Which is one of those things that maybe stacks up on paper. Like, looking back at it, you say, oh, yeah, yeah tackle completion wasn't great, but, hey, we, you know, we defended well. But find me a defence coach that looks at tackle incompletion as a positive. Yeah. Or anyone who wants to have a higher tackle incompletion. It just doesn't exist. Well, if you uh, make no tackles because you kick off, win your own ball back, score a try. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So- or if you make no tackles, Thomas Francis circa 2016. <laughs> he's actually... He's got, he looked good last year. Talk about a He fault. made a couple of tackles. Yeah, so talk about a false dichotomy, right? When I was doing my RFU level, level two, um, 
the coach on RFU level two was talking about um, about what you'd be happy with in in rugby and something to do with I can't remember if it's defence or finding space. He goes, all right, let me ask you this question then. If I kick the ball off to you and you make no tackles because I catch the ball and I run around everyone and then score, and then we kick it back and I run around everyone again and score again, would you be happy? Would you be happy with that? <laughs> I was thinking, yes, yes, I would. But in what world does this happen? What world? What world does does this happen? Would you be happy? What his point would was? you be happy as an attack coach or as a defense coach? I think it, it must have been attack because <laughs> he was be saying, very like, happy as yeah, an attack coach. The, one of the trendy things is now you know it's not about contact or collisions or physicality. It's about skills and space. No, it's not. Um, and that and that was his point. I don't wonder why I told that story. I. <laughs> Totally disagree. It is about skills and space. It, no, it is look about. At, there look, is look, look at how New Zealand there play. There is an that's, element of skills that's, that's and space. That's the basis of which they play. And Northampton, their preseason has been going quite well. And Ooh. Sam Sam Vesti is having a big impact. And is he there? Is he? Yeah. Those are, those are the two. He's going to be a brilliant coach. Yeah. Those are the two things he's working on. And with Chris Boyd coming in, can I just say people that talk about skills and you know skills and space. People that talk about skills and space remind me of people who've just kind of got into a hobby of some some description. Like you've you just got into craft ales for the first time or something like that, and you like you know very easy easy to drink IPAs. When you finally advance your advance your palate, so that's when you finally get into the physicality and oh, scrums and all that. It is, and that's why the no, OFU push it. That's like, bollocks. You're like, you're like, you're the that's <laughs> like going if you had. Um, a five quid bottle of plonk from Aldi. They do some good Ooh. wines, and you had a fifty quid bottle of plonk. You you would convince yourself that the fifty quid one tasted better, even if you preferred the five quid one. You can you yes. convince yourself that your taste buds can tell the difference as well. Can appreciate no, your, your my refined taste, palate can appreciate the difference. It's, it's like co- like cocktail. Um, Cocktail barmen, cocktail makers, uh, mixologists. Mixolog- yeah, yeah. Like, they drink only disgusting cocktails to prove a point that they know more about cocktails than, than you, like Negronis. <laughs> I guess that's what, what I guess that's kind of what I'm doing. But yeah, if you want, you know, all all the easy the easy stuff on the palate, sure. Talk about skills and space all day long, <laughs> right? But if you want something really nuanced, really delicate, and uh, you know, complex on the palate, you need to be getting into physicality, scrums, and lineups. To bring this kind of full circle. The thing that makes the All Blacks so good, or one of the many things, mm-hmm. is the fact that they do both. Yes, yes. they do. So the, the lesson to take out of that is, if you're going to go out drinking, you need to drink your Every- cheap, yeah, your cheap, your very expensive, your stupid cocktails. Your reef. your Yeah, your WKD. All Blacks can drink absolutely everything. Yeah. Whereas South Africa mourns their fine wines or... <laughs> exactly <laughs> from, from your side. I, I'll, I'll give you, you an example. Right? Uh, Lions versus Crusaders in the Super Rugby final. Like the Crusaders are known for all that all that awful stuff which we spoke about before. <laughs> Yet they batter, and I mean batter the, the Lions rolling more, which was their strength. Yeah, and that's what annoyed me. Like they've just got an answer for. They're, they're like the smart kid in the room. They've got an answer for everything. Because the Crusaders have got well an international pack, and. And near enough an international back line. Questions have to be asked now, don't they, if you're a Bath fan. What was Todd Blackadder <laughs> doing with these boys in the nine years he was not winning titles? <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a phenomenal question. It's a phenomenal how record, did, How did he it? keep his job? Yeah. Nearly, quite, nearly again. Well, he's a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's count for something. <laughs> uh, well, jumping around the other stories then, and very quickly, Sean Edwards, we didn't, we forgot to mention this last week, but Sean Edwards is uh, done with Rugby Union for the time being, or soon enough he will be heading back to Wigan Warriors. Oh, and as Wells, yeah. Wells Online reported this, has taken a financial risk, which, uh, of course, he hasn't, has he, really? No. I think it's interesting that he's gone... That he's not gone for a bigger job in Union or another defence job. I like it, you know. I think it's a really good move for him. Do you, yeah, yeah, well, look, Sean Edwards is kind of old hat now in terms of the rugby league coach who's come over to Union and now does defence. He's a very good defence coach, right? He's, yeah. But it's a, it's a route well-travelled. It is. And so, plus, he's, he's been around all these countries now. He just wants to do the M62 corridor. Exactly. Nice, easy life. <laughs> Bomb cakes. Exactly. That sort of thing, right? But going back to league, I think it's really smart because let's say if he does like three years with Wigan Warriors, they've probably got a bigger budget than everyone else. You know, they're still the probably the biggest name in rugby league, probably the most powerful team in rugby league. He wins a couple of titles. He's playing some 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 great stuff. All of a sudden, he can come back to Union on even 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 more demand than he originally started. That's that's an interesting perspective. Or make the step to NRL. Yeah, he could do anything. Yeah. There's nothing which is massive. I mean, uh, well, re- I mean, it's relative, isn't it? Because yeah. there's, there's a lower population in Australia, but it's a big deal. Down yeah, there. It's, it's a huge deal. And, you know, he's, I mean, Wells Online made out like, if this goes wrong, mortgage, done. <laughs> like, like, he's on, like he's on the streets. Um, <laughs> of course, that is, is far, far, far from the situation. But even if it goes wrong, he can always go back. And there's no one on earth who's going to say, you know, Sean Edwards. He had a, you know, a year in Wigan, just not up, yeah. not up to it now. Oh, nonsense. Yeah, so I, so I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about the using that as a stepping stone to a union mm. head, head coach or DOR job. That, that's more, an interesting perspective. Well, I guess he'll just be a more well-rounded coach. So yeah. There's so many guys who have come over to Leagues Union. Now, he's come over from Leagues Union with all that knowledge, and now he's going to go back to League with all this new knowledge. I think it would be fine. Yeah, well, I don't think he's doing it as a stepping stone. I think he's probably well, just making it. No, no, dis- I don't think it's no, so explicitly I a stepping I didn't stone. think he was, but if he is, it might be quite smart. Yeah, I, 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 don't, think it's ex- I don't think that's his intention. No, I'm no, I don't saying. think it's because at the point he is in his career, he doesn't, he doesn't need, it's not a stepping stone, is it? No, no, he's no, just no. taking a job which I'm he just saying it's likes not... the sound of, but it doesn't, like you say, preclude him from coming back to Union if he decides to do a he job there. What, oh, I just agree. think he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, totally, uh, and should. Uh, uh, at this point, so, yeah. Um, uh, what, what other stories? Oh, yeah, Glasgow have um, released their kit, and we, we, we talked before that a kit can be made or ruined by sympathetic design of sponsor logos. Can we look? Things which are color get it up. are color coordinated. Uh-huh. So just because your brand is green, if you have a um, I don't know a yellow kit or a whatever, just it needs to fit. And Glasgow have got a sponsor. Perfect, that's ideal. <laughs> Love it. And what? I, it's not sim- it. not sympathetically not a sympathetic palette. It is certainly not a sympathetic palette. Bright, I, th- I th- don't think it could be any better. Bright green, <laughs> bright green on their on their dark blue and sky blue. I yeah, shirts. everyone got on by that shirt. And the, on the the home kit as well, they've got the tartan strip to accentuate the b- massive green block right in the centre of it. Well, look. So the, I, I actually quite like the kits, apart from the, I sp- really the sponsor. Like the for well, look, yeah. You know, obviously, the blame is on the sponsor there, not the actual. Uh, excuse me, not the actual club itself. Um, 
This sounds like such a dad thing to say, but uh, I, I, I always think they should they should offer shirts in the club shop without the sponsor at one price and at a discount for having the, for sp- having the sponsor on. Well, oh, so, so I bought a, <laughs> That's uh, good, actually. an Amazon Kindle paperwhite thing the other day, and you can't. So it's twenty quid cheaper to get it when it uh, pops up with adverts. Is it? Yeah, ah. it's twenty quid more expensive if you don't want it popping up with adverts. Right, then you know. So that is basically the same thing. Same thing, yeah. That's I, I like that idea. Or add your own sponsors. Yeah, there you go. Two rock. I just have a range of them. Can I <laughs> on? Um, I, like it's an athlete shirt. It's an athlete. Scarlet shirt has got like twenty-one sponsors on. That yeah, actually looks enormous. really good. Enormous the, number. Yeah, but they're all in white. That you, you know, if you're sponsored, you've got one choice, yeah. and that's to be white on red. It does. It does raise the question: How much are these sponsors paying for one quarter of one sleeve? Yeah, it's always on the left hand side. Yeah, I, it's always funny as well, isn't it, to see the quality of the sponsor? Like, is it a company <laughs> that only does specialist blinds for caravans, or is in, it IBM? in the northeast side of Glasgow? <laughs> yeah, northeast Glasgow caravan blinds. <laughs> the ones on the on the back side of shorts. What, I wonder what what do they do? I've just thought the Exeter one. What are they? The fro- uh, fro- that fro- that is, isn't it? I want to uh, say that they're fruit juices. They're right? juices, yeah, juices. Yeah. Um, for the players that like to juice. Uh, <laughs> the, the best one is probably um, Newcastle Paving or whoever they are. The guys who do drives in Newcastle <laughs> who sponsor the laptops for the Newcastle coaches. <laughs> and another Newcastle-based uh, based one is Hitachi Heavy Equipment. I can't imagine the elasticity of demand going up or down regarding their sponsorship of of Newcastle. I can't imagine any massive purchases been made on on that basis. <laughs> well, new, that Newcastle pack moved some uh, heavy equipment around. They did. Well, it's like um yeah, it's true. It's like um Leicester used to be sponsored by Caterpillar. I mean, are you going to go out and buy some diesel engines? Maybe. Maybe. You don't know do. So Leicester, they've still got a link with I want to say Caterpillar. Yeah, they they've do. got Holland and Barrett. They do. Do they have JCB somewhere? Next. Next, yeah. He's on their training kit, I think. No, they can't have JCB because they're direct capacitors. Yeah, it would be, be interesting to have JCB and Caterpillar. Yeah, you can no, do but, that. Like, it's not all about just shifting uh, stuff to Leicester fans or viewers. It's the it's the association, like you say, something robust, strong, tough, yeah, manly, and then Caterpillar. It's a nice fit. Much you know, much like Hitachi Heavy Machinery, like you say. Yeah, I tell you, it was really you cool. You've got Longo Mullapola running yeah. over people in that. Exactly. It's kind of a good look. Yeah. Um, I, t- I tell you, a really cool link up. I don't know if they were a special sponsor or not, but the aerospace company. Egg Chasers with your company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a great shout. Um, <laughs> was uh, Thales. I think that's how you say their name. They're a big aerospace. Brand oh, T H A L E S. That's it. Thales. 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 Whatever you want to call them, right? And the reason I mention this is because they built, with all of their aeronautical experience and engineering prowess, built a scrum machine for the French national team. Oh, yeah. You've spoken it's about this. It's so cool. And it can like uh, simulate di- you know, different props where they push. And it's like some sort of war, like war spider. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's all like pneumatically powered. It's very cool. <laughs> I don't know if they still still use it. Probably not. Though. Probably the laws have changed. Yeah, taking the hit out of it. Mm. 
What other stories have you got? It just, it just something just reminded me. Um, it just me saying that thing a second ago just reminded me of something. Uh, sorry. Investors? Possibly you. With egg chasers. <laughs> yeah. Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide egg chasers, same difference. So, yeah, but I, when I hear that, I think of um, Freddie Tuolangi's co- co- company, his agency <laughs> company, uh, known as Global Bro Sports. <laughs> he no longer owns, actually. He's actually had to give that up. Uh, really? Yeah, he's doing something either with Tigers, he's, he's changed his job. <laughs> So I think he sold his book of business to another agent, of which I can't remember which one wow. it is. Well, other things to talk about. Uh, very, very briefly, there was a lot of disgruntled Irish rugby fans unhappy with uh, us questioning or even calling calling into any remote slight question Rogers' World Rugby Hall of Fame. I, I, by the way, I, I, I stand shoulder to shoulder with my uh, green-clad brethren there. I never <laughs> said he doesn't deserve to, at some point, go into the Hall of Fame. I pointed out that I think there are more deserving people who are not yet in the Hall of Fame. Nah. And However, there is a, 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 a... Is dearth the right word? That means there's a lack of it, doesn't it? Yes. There's a dearth of Irishmen in the World Rugby Hall of Fame, so I understand he might be the next cab off the rank from the Emerald Isle. Positive dis- discrimination. <laughs> Could say that. Could say so, that. I, 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 so I also stand, I also stand by my point. Uh, let's just dial back into this a second with his teammate, okay? Do you think Peter Stringer will get into the Rugby Hall of Fame? No. What? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but... Outrageous, Tim. No, but I know what you're saying, because he won stuff too. He won loads of stuff. He almost defines a generation of scrum halves. He lasted until 40. I mean, that's kind of who who it's designed for. Peter Stringer is a true great. 100%. I mean, and actually... It depends by what measure. I I didn't even like him. A great professional... Who, yeah. who got the most out of what out of the abilities he was given and the with incredible dedication him. and nutrition and training. Exactly. But yeah. in terms of being one of the great, the world greats, yeah, I'd say so. He's had, I, a, he's had an amazing career, but not a world great. So, just he was to, never the best scrum half. Uh, he was well, never the best scrum, scrum half of any single time. Right. Well, quite. But adding it all up, I think I think I think he's in. Mm-hmm. Mm. How much? Did how much does his uh, two seasons at Sale? Uh, influence that decision. Um, do, do you, does anyone in New Zealand or Australia I, know who Peter Stringer is? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, how many people you know in the UK know who Stephen Larkham is? If you doorstep, if if you if you doorstep, no, someone. rugby ru- rugby like fans, fair casual enough. rugby fans, then. Um, and well, yeah, I'd say I'd say they would do. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, no, I'd tell you what it was. It's more his time with Bath. Anyway, we got on to Peter Stringer. But we don't need to yeah. have a discussion about Peter Stringer. Just on just on Ronan O'Gara to uh, make a couple of points. So I said last week without checking, I, I suspected he would be near the top of the Heineken Cup uh, points scored and yeah. Six Nations points scored. Uh, so it turns out Six Nations, he is number one. There you go. Most most points scored ever in the Six Nations ahead of Johnny Wilkinson. Fair enough. Uh he also has the third most appearances in the Six Nations behind Brian O'Driscoll and Sergio Parise. That's pretty impressive. That's awesome. As well. In the Heineken Cup, he has the most appearances with 110. That's quite impressive as well. And he has scored 496 points more than the next uh, highest point scorer. He's nearly 500 points clear <laughs> in the all-time Heineken Cup. Outrageous. Uh, 
point scoring list. And this is how I know that him and Stringer are both good, right? I, I, I'd say him <laughs> both. Bringing him straight time. back to Stringer. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll tell you why, because I always think of him as, as like a duo, and that's fair because. They, they, for, it is a good point, actually, for much so of that the, time. So that's yeah. JB's only complaint with it, with uh, Roger's inclusion, no, 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 is no. it wasn't Roger and Stringer, and Stringer. as well, a double act. Well, well, hang on, this isn't un- unprecedented. <laughs> I mean, there is the Larkin Gregan stand in, you know, in the Brumby <laughs> Stadium. Yeah, you know, uh, entire rugby teams have been uh, inaugurated into the rugby world exactly. hall of fame. Why fact, not a partnership? Yeah, you know, I think the partnership is actually more important than the individual. In fact, that's what Munster should do. You know, they should have the the Stringer Agora stand. That'd be amazing, or at least a bar or something. <laughs> well, or a bench. It's, it's interesting because those stats you just mentioned, Phil, are mighty impressive. They're amazing. The Six they Nations are. ones are the ones that I'm paying attention to. No, because no, I think it's relevant that. World Rugby Hall of uh, Fame yeah, okay. has to be measured on the the highest level. International shirt. I, Heineken Cup rugby is a sort of supporting evidence, but it isn't the basis. So I would almost discount that and go, it's when he was wearing the Irish jersey is when it counts. Because that's when you're up against the would very you, best. Would well, you uh, then go and have like a European... Cup Hall of Fame and a Premier. Well, there you go. That that, so, that might make more sense because so, I, that, I can see that distinction. I, I think it should be both because I, I, I would I'd actually argue that there's been times where the winners of the Heineken Cup would be other nations. Oh well, no, I don't doubt that. So but that's the same. Yeah. In the, in a, their a, a club side in football would be a national side, but you you make decisions about who a great footballer is. But I don't actually World think Cups you European you championships. You got to do it both because yeah, like I if, if you take. Messi, for example, it, it, football analogy again, but he's never won anything at, at no, uh, quite, which is why he's never going to be in the top, but top he, league. He should be because he's one of nah. the best of all time. No, well, he's not. He's 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 a le- he's a level below because he's only done it in European. No, that's where we the differ. other way around. Like, see, I, like, so Sam Warburton, who will no doubt be a Hall of Famer, has got a good, a great career, but the very best career, no, that is reserved for people like Paul O'Con- Paul O'Connell. Who've done and, both? Yeah, and Bradskill. I, I mean, I, that is the pinnacle. You've got to do it in, in both arenas. I think doing it at both is is the best. It, it, mm. it is more important. You know, eighth place for Cardiff Blues. Doing it just doesn't I'm not me. saying it gets discounted. I'm saying it's supportive of the. But uh, like a second preference votes. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's like this guy was was really good in international rugby, and look at his club so career as well. So where but the international rugby, if you if you have to dominate at that level <laughs> to be a world, world so rugby you, hall of famer. So where do you stand, right, on world rugby's top try scorer being the Japanese fe- Japanese fella <laughs> that overtook David Ka- David Campesi? So that that has got to be with an asterisk. Saying, no, it's not with an asterisk, though, is it? Yeah, but it's officially not. It, I know. It's, I know it's not. I know it's not, but when you when you explain it, it's like the uh, the All Blacks have got the longest continuing continuous uh, winning streak with an asterisk next to it because it's Tier One winning streak because Cyprus because uh, Cyprus have actually had a longer one. Cyprus yeah. hammering everyone. So you so, would, so that it, so the Cyprus record wouldn't have an asterisk. Yeah, and if the but then you would talk about I don't know who it is Habana for example. You'd say Brian Habana asterisk. Yeah. He, so he is the top try scorer in international rugby in tier one. Well, I just say that um, All Blacks need to stop being su- such massive cowards and go and play Cyprus. Stop, stop, <laughs> well, ru- stop yeah. running. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I guess by your by your standards, Tim, you you do leave the door open a little bit for the Japanese winger to overtake David Campisi as the top all time try scorer because technically that is the highest level. 
Well, he did it. It was in a national shirt. It was in a national shirt. So, and there, and there might be merit to someone like him going into the Hall of Fame because of, of because of the context of an emerging nation. Yeah, and it and it is very important at this point to clarify that we are talking about men's rugby. Exactly. All, all of these records are men's rugby. Yeah. Oh yeah, the uh, men's records only. Yes. Well, you have to go listen to so, somewhere. I'm sure we've done a podcast where we've gone through all of the records from the women's game. Yes, Pro- we have. probably. Yeah. Right. Then. Uh, right. So we've got two clubs that we're going to chuck oh, yes. under the spotlight. Let's <laughs> yeah. get into that. relatively easy. Yeah. So we've uh, we've been going through the twelve Premiership sides two at a time over the last five weeks. This week, uh, the final two, the finalists in the final Aviva Premiership. What will be the Gallagher Premiership this year? So uh, who do you want to start with first? Who was second in the table? It was ex- It was Saracens, Saracens, wasn't it? Saracens. Now, they haven't done a lot of business, but they've done some quite a significant business. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's limited. It's Saracens-esque, you might say. So they brought in the, the only one... Well, they brought in three players. So they brought in Tom Wollstonecroft from London Irish. They brought in... David Strettel, who comes back mm-hmm. aged 34, I think I'm right in saying. Yep. And then Alex Lewington to strengthen their ranks. Uh, leaving them, Scout Brits has retired or not. He's uh, not going to Harlequins anymore, apparently. He's going to the Bulls, isn't he? It's been fairly wi- widely reported. It's, I don't, it's not been confirmed. No. Oh, yeah. well, let's let's really. stick on Saracens. Nathan Earl has left. Yeah. But with Lewington coming in, that feels stronger. Wiles has retired, which is a Strat- bit of a blow in Strattle. terms of uh, versatility, but Strettles yeah. comes back in. Kieran Longbottom has left. Uh, and Mike Ellery has gone. Other than that, there's a couple of younger lads who've left. So Scout Brits is a loss. Scout Brits would be a loss for any side. But other than that, they've seemed stronger in the positions that, that they've lost. Yes. And they already had, well, if not the strongest, the second strongest on a on a, a level footing with Exeter in terms of strength and depth and talent. Hundred percent. Yeah, so and they're, and they're stronger in the sense that um, guys like Michael Rhodes missed most of last season. True, Billy Vanapola missed, missed most of last season. Most of last season. Yeah. So if I was just to flag up one warning sign for Saracens, and this is the first year I remember them having significant bad press. So they lost, what, five games in a row? Which is... Uh, I think they lost nine out of... El- no. It's so ridiculous. They but... lost something through through that October, November, December. It was something like... And, and this was in all competitions because this included the Anglo-Welsh Cup. Yeah. It was something like... It was either seven or nine, I can't remember which, but straight defeats. Mm. Yeah. In all competitions. Including two or three in the Anglo-Welsh. Yeah, you had to do some real... Like... Including a hammering at home to Claremont. Oh yeah, they lost twice. Yeah, Claremont home, home and away. But they got pumped at home. Yeah, away was quite good. I mean, the yeah, 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 they, that, yeah, that was the start yeah. of the resurgence. But yeah, but they uh, they had a terrible time of it, a real wobble, and then came through and won. Yeah. So I mean, the, the only thing I would, the only warning signs really are those mid, those mid season jitters, which I put down to lots of things, and also you know, like you mentioned, there's a lot of kind of statistical jujitsu to get to that figure. Um, but their squad. I mean, back in the day when Saracens first started becoming Saracens, they'd like 
putting one guy, taking another guy out. It was true squad rotation. They could go really deep into their squad and have no drop-off. And this is the first time I've really thought they are massively relying on you know, player X or player... Well, the Vinopolers, basically. I mean, you take them out and they miss so much. So they have... They've strengthened their number eight options through bringing Ben Earl through the ranks. And also, they brought him in last year. He scored two tries this weekend, just gone in the preseason friendly. Mm. Uh, Sayoni Vailanu, uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the Tongan lad. So they, they have options there. And of course, they've always got Jackson Ray mm. uh, as a competent backup. But he's, he's not one of the players of the season last year. He's not a like for yeah. like replacement. No. Uh, Who is? So they've got options. They, they've got carrying options in there. I'd like to see Ben Earl take the next step. I mean, he captained the team for the LV, and they lost against Harlequins, I do believe. I just didn't think he was quite as good as I was hoping, hoping so for. He's well, in, I, don't, I don't think he was quite an England summer tourist. No, definitely he's not. Not at that level. We've definitely not seen. But he's not making the he's not making the Hall of Fame yet. Him, <laughs> him and Ben Earl and Zach Mercer are two that need to step up this year. Obviously, Zach Mercer for for Bath. Not I don't think Saracen. Zach Mercer can step up. He's got some incredible talents, but yeah. stick on Saris. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, I don't think Mercer, no. Go on. So yeah, I th- I'd struggle to pick. So losing someone like Billy Vanapola, if you lose, who a couple of seasons ago was the best number eight in the world. Yep. You are all. You're never going to be able to get a like for life. And like so replacement. Unique. I mean, even if you got the best number eight in the world, right? Whoever that may be. Kieran now. Reed. Sorry, Kieran, Kieran Reed. Reed. Yeah. All right, Kieran Reed. Even if you got Kieran Reid to replace him, it's not a like for like it's replacement. Not, yeah, exactly. You, you the only one would be Dwayne Vermarlin, who is the he's the only one who can do, yeah. um, and maybe Pickamoles, who can do the combination of the heavy carrying. Pickamoles is probably a and more the skill set a more likely number eight than than Vermarlin because they just they kind of just pinball off people. But yeah, but losing losing Billy is always going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, I think I'm I'm looking at the squad now. I mean, their their second row. Ridiculous. Options are, pr- are pretty ridiculous. Whatever uh, they do there, they know how to develop second rows. <laughs> yeah, because you've got the young lad. I can't remember his name. Um, uh, the guy Cop- who, Copcoo. the guy who was Joel in England Copcoo. training yeah, squad. That's it. Him. I mean, he's Cop-coo. he's the next big thing. Ex- excuse the pun. And you've already got um, the guy. That yeah, Ezekwe. He's he's a Ezekwe. you know he's he's a veteran now at twenty two or is it twenty three? Uh, I think he's twenty mate. Not even that. Yeah, no, twenty twenty one. He is 20. Yeah. And, and, and Marrow at 23, and Cruz at 25, Mar- 26. Is Marrow even that old? Yeah, Marrow is 23. Yeah. 23, really knocking on a bit, isn't yeah. he? He's really getting to <laughs> another gear if he's going to be taken as a serious rugby player. Uh, yeah, it's nuts. I, it makes you think what a stupid decision Eddie Jones made, just canning him in, uh, in, in the summer tour. 20-year-old, come on. Um, so but, how is so he going to do? They uh, look really they, well. They look frightening. I, I think what you saw last year for a team to have a wobble the way they had, recover and win. Mm. It's very very similar to Exeter the previous season, who had that really horrible run. At the start was that uh, like through through the through. I think they lost. Uh, the, I think Exeter no. lost the first four, didn't they? No, not that so, many. So it no, no, it was like through October, November. Have a look at Exeter start. I think they lost the first four. The, they, they they didn't. Was that the year before? Maybe they lost. They lost nine and eleven in all competitions, but it would get, was again through that Anglo Welsh Cup, European Cup, yeah. Um, and they were affected by international call ups in a way they hadn't been before at Exeter because their players were suddenly more in demand. Anyway, uh, they the, the the fact the Saracens came through that in the way they did 
I don't see a repeat of it. In the way that no. Exeter dominated the the season as champions until the final, I think Saracens are going to dominate the domestic season. It's gonna, yeah, I'm struggling to think of reasons why they can't, why you'd be wrong, and I can't. They're yeah. just going to be consistent and good and tough. I'll be, I'll, and do you know what? Make, it's those hard wins they get, like against Sale at, at, at the AJ Bell, like just tough wins. <laughs> of all the fa- Real of all the fixtures, you well, could have picked anyone. Like, that, that is a, that's one score yeah, game. I know, I know, I know, game. I know, I know, I know. It's just I, you're right, but it's just funny you picked that one. Well, I mean, no, it could have been any. Could have been, been, been any any one, uh, one score any, game. Any real tough one. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> yeah, can handle Sale. He can handle anyone. So. <laughs> In terms of fantasy rugby draft, yeah, uh, I'll be asking the usual questions. But obviously, fantasyrugbydraft.com, go online, get your mates because the the best thing about it, or one of the best things about it, is the the WhatsApp group well, that we on. have. Yeah, the, the, the stupid, the stupid, nerve wracking, uh, just discussions that we have on there about everything. Um, it's a double edged sword too, because you can actually spiral into the depths of depression. When you realise you don't actually have ten friends, yeah, so just be, make sure in your mind you're very confident that you can find ten friends because it can get very embarrassing. Or if you don't want to take that men- that mental risk, you know that risk with your well-being, you can actually go into one of our leagues. Yeah. So go on to Twitter. You can join some At- public leagues. Yeah. yeah you, there's public leagues, but there's also the Egg Chasers Specialist leagues. Mm-hmm. So go on to Why Twitter. Are specialist again? At Rugby Podcast or at uh, Fancy Rugby Draft, mm-hmm. um, and we will be posting regularly new leagues for Egg Chasers listeners. Sorry, for Egg Chasers, Egg Chasers listeners. listeners to get involved in. Nine people that are passionate <laughs> enough about rugby to take it seriously, it's tough to find. It, it because, is. Because I wouldn't want to do... Uh, hey, I, tell you I what, wouldn't want to do fantasy rugby with a league of people who didn't take it seriously. Debbie and, from accounts. Exactly. Can you imagine? Well, <laughs> we, had, we had to expel someone. We had to expel someone last year. We had to expel a prominent rugby reporter if that's the right word, rugby person. They're just not taking it seriously. Part enough. of the rugby fraternity who yeah. goes to games and stuff, they weren't taking it seriously enough. She knows enough. who she is. And, uh, and they, were, they were expelled. And we've got in a, a, a new new blood. Yeah. Someone who's going to take it very seriously. Too seriously. I suspect yeah. there might too, be some insider trading. Too connected for my Yeah, that's, that's a bit annoying. Yeah, we How really well connected this individual connections is. are in the championship mainly, though. Uh, well, it's not about that, is it? It's about rival fractions and you know dodgy trades, and they, they will be spe- the commissioner's <laughs> office will be looking at this very closely. <laughs> oh, it's my brother, was, basically yeah, yeah. head, yeah. head coach the... of London Scottish. It's my brother. Yeah, as, um, as you say in um, the financial services industry, was that an arm's length transaction? <laughs> I the thing is that. Well, was it? I mean, I, I don't think was it a connected party? Yes, it was. Mm, yes, I, it was. Uh, Through the book at him. I think. I think he'd almost prefer to do business elsewhere to spite me than to be in cahoots <laughs> well in that case i'm i'm his man <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh, fantasyrugbydraft.com so your questions phil regarding saracens so your number one pick if you could have any one player from this team who would it be it's got to be lewington not involved in international great shout lewington uh, is a very good shout. the uh he'll be one he'll he'll go top five because <laughs> the the number of defenders he beats the yards he gets, the tries he scores, he's a deadly finisher. Just those jinking runs he makes, sometimes he can pick up five points on a five-metre run just by beating defenders. Yeah. Now, there is this competition for the back three well, this places. This is true. So he, he, 
I would have thought he'll get a starting position, especially because of other guys missing uh, through internationals. Strett's great mates will be there, though. Great. Yeah. Great mates. Is, I don't know. I think Maitland will probably make it. To the internationals. internationals. I'd we'll, say so. We'll see. We'll see. So, Phil, your fancy rugby draft questions, then? Or was, or was that... Oh, we've already done that. <laughs> Let's do them again, well, just we, in case. We may have had a technical oh. issue, and we may be repeating well, ourselves, or maybe not. We don't know. I think to answer my own first question, which I think has happened, and I think was who was the best, who was the, the main pick, if you could have one. Oh, yes, that was the question. I would say, so I, I think Lewington would be very interesting, but rotation might be a question. Mm. But Lozowski, now, so last season he was a fly half. Now that he's a midfielder, that's he huge. will be a hell of a pick. Oh, that's huge, because midfielders do not score that well. And, and he seems to play, so he'll play fly half and he'll kick when Farrell is not there. When Farrell is there, he'll often play either 15 or 12 or 13. 13 is his position. Yeah. And he might, play 20, he might have even 20 minutes at the end where he's the goal kicker, for example. Yeah. Which also yeah. makes Ben Spencer one of the rare scrum halves that's worthwhile as well, because he quite often yeah, kicks so He can kick. Of yeah. course, that back line, if they get... Farrell, Lazowski, and Good playing. They've gone from, you know, the team that are boring with no real playmakers, very direct, to a lot of playmakers and a lot of pace and talent. Mm. Yeah. Good. They're going to be really good. Oh, just on oh, so- by the way, I'd go for Saracen's front row, but never mind. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of the highest point scorer in the game by more than 100 points last year. Is that and right? the year before. And well, the year- and they were the top scorer the year before as well. Yeah. Uh, they are losing scout Brits, which will hurt them a, th- a little bit, but they'll still be so good. And just the number of penalties that they win. And they've got, they've got carriers across it. Yeah, yeah they, they don't yeah. concede as penalties as well, which is important. Well, they do at scrum time. I mean, they're not that, that good at scrummaging. People don't really talk about that. But they're not that great. They're phenomenal at everything else. Everything else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just one other thing on Saracens before yeah. we move on to Exeter. Did you see uh, Skalkberger and Marcelo Bosch doing the coverage of the Springboks Argentina game. No. So th- no, I didn't because I watched it on Fast Forward. Ah, okay. So they did the pre-match. So they weren't the the in-game pundits. They were the pre-match, half-time, yeah. post-match. They were really good. So we saw them in Philadelphia. Yes, we did. And they were two of the have old boys. That? We have mentioned that. Yeah. Maybe maybe once. Maybe we should mention it again. Yeah, we should we should talk about that more often. But they, they uh, two of the old boys, when some of the younger lads were kind of strutting their stuff they were just sat at the bar nursing a, a bourbon or a few bourbons there's three of them I can't remember who they were though Scout Brit no no Scout Burger Marcelo Bosch and there's one other and they looked phenomenally cool yeah watching the boxing drinking their bourbon Figalo maybe it might have it been it could Figolo. have been you know it, it might have been it who could was, have been who was obviously involved in the game in a very mm. different capacity yeah this weekend so yeah I just thought it was so they didn't play in the the Bedford uh, pre-season fixture because they were doing their TV work. Well, I, if if Saracens don't go to, um, do you know they go on, on their little tours to like New York or the Beer Fest? If they don't go to Jersey this year, I'd be amazed. <laughs> it's <laughs> too <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Just too dangerous. <laughs> where are we going to go? Mogadishu instead. It's safer. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, the, the, and the sleeper. Yeah. The unknown player from, from Saracens. Well, why don't you go with someone like Ben Earl? Back rowers are hard to find. He gets good playing time. He can carry hard. Yeah. Um, for that reason, I'm going to say, even more under the radar, but someone who could burst through like and be uh, be someone who's like Jackson Ray is Conlon. They seem to yeah. quite they seem to quite like this guy. 
They yeah. must do, mustn't they? Because we've kept him around for three years and they never play him. I mean, they're happy to pay his wages. I was thinking so he was that... injured last year, I seem to think. Yeah. Was he? I, I, yeah, I agree with you here because they've bought him in from Exeter. Now, Exeter don't sign idiots, so he's obviously got something about him. He's a big boy as well. And so I just, yeah, that's a great shot, actually. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I was more thinking, so Ben Earl and Sione Vailanu, uh, who are the kind of the replacement out-and-out eights. Um, other than that, it's difficult to get sleepers because there are very few sleepers in this team. Mm-hmm. And very few who will play. So Tompkins is... He's, he's, he's never, 25 now. Yeah, so. he's never seemed to break into that squad. He's had little... And he's he's a good kind of jinking runner. Uh, he's 23. Uh, but look at what I told you he's done at, at 23. Exactly. But look what James Ryan's done. Th- there's options in the centre. Because so, Lazowski will slot in there. You've got Barrett and Bosch. Barrett, no one's getting Barrett. Who, who, for the big games, those two will always play. And then you've got Duncan Taylor. Who was missing quite a bit with injury last year? My God, but is yeah, they've just got options right through. Duncan Taylor might be an interesting one because if he's missing from last year, they do like him. He plays on the wing as well. Yeah, but they're pretty stacked on the wings. Yeah, so no sleepers at Saracens. No, it's it's difficult to find a young player. Difficult to find a sleeper. Exeter, Exeter. So they have done a bit of business. I say that, as I as I say that I bring up the list of extras uh, business. Have you seen Don Armand's hair for, while you're while you're working that? So out? actually, yes, is one, but two. I interviewed Harry Williams this week, um, and we actually went in depth about the the extra barber. And it's worth pointing out that some people joke about, oh yeah, this team must have a certain barber. No, no, extra chiefs do have a single barber. Wow. So the fin, I see the, the fun has a. Uh, the fin is now blonde. Perfect. Couldn't be any better. So it's like a normal haircut with a... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's like my my daughter's got like some clip-on bits of hair. She just puts in. It's, it's like he's got that. I've got to say, I it's think a strong he, look. Personally, I think he looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, he does look amazing. Like astoundingly. Few good. people can carry it off. And that's the point, isn't it? If it's I did it, I'd look stupid. <laughs> you, you know, you certainly it looks, would. It looks if, good. If, on, me or Tim, we look ridiculous. Yep. It looks good on twelve-year-old girls and on almond. <laughs> Anything would look good on Don almond. So that's yep. fine. Agreed. So Exeter's business. In players out, they've kind of released quite a lot of the old guard. So Rimmer, Salvi, Horseman have all retired, and Waldrum has gone. Mm-hmm. He was named in the uh, Wellington Lions uh, Mitre Cup squad. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. When have you? Imagine if he gets to play for the Hurricane, the Hurricanes next year. <laughs> Hell of a signing. That'd be amazing. Um, I'd love to could, see that. 
Hurricanes Hurricanes could do with they've got the most unbelievable backline. They could do some steel and some like experience in the pack. Exactly. I'm not saying Waldrum's going to be playing for them next year, but they could do with it. Um, other than that, uh, so Ed Holmes, the second row, has gone to Bristol Bears. Not really a loss. Moulton, who's the prop, I think, has gone to Bristol. No, the hooker. The hooker. Sean Moulton, back at the hooker. Yeah. Has he been somewhere else, Sean Moulton? Nottingham. Yeah. Uh, and then Chudders has gone to Bath. Yeah. Um, the players, the Bath. players they've brought in, so Santiago... Cordero, who was there towards the end of last season. And the loan signing is, com- is permanent. And Cuthbert. So yeah. all they've done is bring in two outside backs. So to, I, to what was already a pretty strong... I wonder... Back three. If they look at Cuthbert and they see what they did with Tom James. Because Tom James played some of his best rugby at, best rugby at Exeter. Bit troubled in um, Wales. Had already made the Welsh squad. And just taking those boys away from that awful goldfish bowl, which I know is a cliche, but it's absolutely true, mm. of, uh, of of Wales, bringing them over to Exeter, where they're relatively unknown, and letting them play, that could be great business. You know? What I like about Exeter is there are no, there are very in that in that back three options now. There's lots of good players, none of which kind of do the same job. They're, they're all well. See, I think they all do the same job, but I've been just. Oh well, no, they do, but they're they're all quite got quite unique. They've got individual things that make them unique. But what I think is the story behind Cordero and Cuthbert coming in is this is going to be the year that Noel makes the fifteen jersey his. Ooh, do you reckon? I think it could happen. Yeah. Because that fifteen oh, area, Lucky, and Lucky Turner's gone as well. He's yeah, gone. L- Lucky Turner's gone. Yeah, he fifteen is the here, year, so there's only Dolman. And yeah. fifteen, fifteen is is a position that I think they have been trying to work out what they do next. I know there was rumored interest in Mike Haley before he decided to go to Ireland. And Mike Brown allegedly. Mike Brown apparently was rumored as well. That um, would not feel like an Exeter signing. Mike Haley would, I think. Yeah, Mike Haley Brown. would have done. But, mm. but uh, Jack Jack Noll fifteen. That's that's what I'm going for. Mm. If Jack Noel can make that 15 shirt his own, as a fantasy rugby draft player, he would be can, can very I just handy. Go back to Jack Noel playing 15. What element of Jack Noel do you think would be good for him and his rugby playing 15 and Bro- for the team? Broken field running. Yeah. Do you not think Jack Noel makes his opportunities with his hard work because he's allowed to roam off his wing rather than those sort of timed interventions which top fullbacks do well does Alex Alex Good not do that for Saracens he's far more calculated I think like Jack Noll will be hitting rucks he'll be you know popping up off, off shoulders he works like it's almost that free role that he gets which allows him to work so hard and that's where he gets his success from uh so I don't think all of his success... He is very successful doing that. Yeah. That doesn't mean that he would not be successful doing a different role. I just, I just think he takes too much away from his game. Uh, but you've got other guys that can do that that game. As in, Woodburn and Shaw do that. The industrious winger superbly well. Absolutely but he is the best industrious, industrious winger. Which almost sounds like a you know, backhanded compliment, but he's brilliant, brilliant at that role. Yeah, I'd I'd I would actually I'd be very keen to see him rather than doing kind of the hard yards uh popping up th- through the middle, some broken field running. Because his change of direction his speed in his change of direction is superb. So mm. I'm interested like a, like a punt returner. Yeah. 
the bit I'm not sure about is just because I've not seen it that much is his kind of decision making and tactical kicking game. Yeah, I can't really so recall him kicking much. That, sure, we can do that's it. A good, that, that's a good point. Is, it's a question. Um, good point. So yeah, I think he'll but be I mean, very interesting. But but Dolman aside, I'm not sure. Other than the young guys they've got, um, what's his name? Bodilly and oh yeah, and uh, this guy begins with an H. I can't remember his name. Anyway, Hendricks. I'm not sure what they've got, so I'm assuming that one of their back three players will slot in at fullback a bit more. Um, okay, well that's interesting. So not a great deal of business then. No, no, but they're all about. I think what will happen with Exeter is you'll get to midway through the next season. And there'll be a new kid, and he'll have played five games. He'll have done nothing spectacular for the first three. Then he'll come on the radar, and then by his tenth game in, he'll probably be the next Sam Simmons. And that's what they do so well. Like, you know, when it was Townsend, when it was Maunder, then we've got Simmons 1, then you've got Simmons 2. <laughs> and, you know, they just keep bringing these lads through. So I wouldn't... Well, they're two second rows. Huh? They're two locks. Yeah, oh, yeah, Hill. I can't believe I, I, I missed that. You know, that will be the story of, story of Exeter unearthing some guy who then becomes one of the best in that position, whether it be a new hooker or a new... Well, not, no, not the best in that position. A regular starter who's then pushing for further honours. Yeah. Is this the season that Joe Simmons makes the 10 sh- jersey and his by own? By the way, wouldn't that just be, like, the thing? It'd be, it'd be so good as well. If, like, for all the talk about you know, Ford or Cipriani, like, it's this This is the boy who is the long-term answer to the... To, to, to the, the 10, 10 jersey <laughs> you know it's just someone completely from left field hasn't even done an apprentice session yet yeah he hasn't even had an asterisk not even an asterisk <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, so same questions as usual we've already kind of touched on the, the main man would you go for Noel would you go for Ollie Woodburn who was their top scorer last year would you go for one of the Simmons boys yeah, I think if Simmons the fly half would be Joe pretty, pretty decent Joe Simmons would be probably my top fly half pick because mm. he's not going to be involved in the international squad, you don't think. Yeah, it's unlikely, but and it's I, possible. And I can see him playing most of the big games this year. Yeah, yeah. I, think I can see him. He got the nod because he, he started the Premiership final as well. He got had that run in yeah. after Christmas and did very, very well in every game he played. The Sam Simmons would be a great shout <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah. Could, could he go first round as a number eight? Because not many number eights go first round. I think it's unlikely. He, he scores, so he, he does score very, very well, actually. Uh, Do you like to get... But not as well as some of the, the backs. And there's a good chance he'll be missing a bit with England as well. But if you were drafting, I'm just thinking about this, there's so many outside backs that score relatively highly, and there's not many True. number eights that score highly. Strategically, on balance, could you get a better net average score by actually going early for someone like Sam Simmons and then thinking I'll get, I'll get a solid back three player instead of one of the top ones. Yeah, it's an interesting tactic to consider whether you do go for, say, a high-scoring... Uh, All right, nerds, move, uh, move <laughs> Loose forward and midfielder who there are only a handful who score highly. Mm. Rather than just going for outside back. Wish I hadn't said all this, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, the only question you need to consider is this. Do you want... All of your season's points condensed into one game week. Because if you do, the one you want is James Short. <laughs> <laughs> one appearance, 50 six, odd, 60, points, six, yeah. 60 tries. Yeah, <laughs> that, That's the one. If he's playing, pick him. And Bolter, oh, I don't know, someone who've ne- who we've never even heard of yet. 
Yeah, that's probably the thing with the, with the Bolter. There'll be some amazing talent coming through. We just don't know it yet. I think so. Bolter, he was injured the whole of last season. Uh, Campagnaro. Oh, that's a good. The Italian centre. Shout. Now, they've got a lot of options. Yeah, they do. In the centre. A huge number of options. Devoto wasn't particularly prominent last year. He had injuries as well, didn't mm. he? Um, but Campanero, so Devoto and Campanero are quite different players. Campanero does score well because and he of his makes running people game. Miss. Interesting. Yards, mate. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Right, let's, let's, let's wrap this up now. I'm, Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Me too. Right. Good deal. It's 10 past 10. Oh, my goodness. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, doesn't it just. Nice one for listening. You know where to find us. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.